Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. My name is Michael Sean Duga. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Follow us both up on the tweet machine. Please, you can follow me at Mike Duga. That's M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. Chris, where can you follow me? You can follow me on Twitter at C-K-I-D-D-206, and that's C-Kid206. Uh, Chris, I love the—you can tell the season started. We got stuff to talk about now. We don't even got to force it. I mean, shout out to all of our guests that we had. Uh, we had a, a great lineup. You know, Jermaine Fetty, shout out to Derek uh, over in Texas. You know, we had, we, had a, we had a good run there. Doug. Oh, Doug Farrar, yep. Doug Farrar. I was like, Doug, we didn't have Doug Baldwin on, did we? Where was <laughs> I? You did that without me? No. Doug's out here. Yeah, no, we had, we had Doug on. He was great. Uh, we had my, uh, my man after the draft, Dane. Just oh man, great stuff. I think we even had we had Ben Baldwin on again, ben right? Ben Baldwin, Rob Rang. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, it was great, great stuff. But now we actually have like real content. Yes. Bobby got the bag, Chris. Congratulations, Bobby man. Got the bag. Like by now, you guarantee you've seen the news that Bobby Wagner signed a uh, three-year, fifty-four million dollar contract extension with forty million dollars uh, in guarantees. Uh, first person on that was uh, Taylor Rooks of Bleacher Report, who now does football, apparently. Shout out to Taylor uh, for breaking that one. I wanted that one, but it's cool. Uh, and then, to obviously, the team announced the deal on Friday night because they don't care about our timelines, Chris. I think Bob uh, the Times tweeted it out, too. He's like, they broke uh, Pete Carroll's contract on Christmas Eve. They broke uh, Russell's deal in the middle of the night. Midnight. And then... Bobby Wagner's deal at like five o'clock on a Friday, and it's just like, oh, y'all don't care about anything. Like y'all don't, don't worry about us, huh? We in traffic, we working, picking up kids. They don't care about us. Anyway, Bobby got the bag, eighteen million dollars a year, making him the highest paid linebacker. I mean, you can say inside linebacker, middle linebacker, whatever. I don't consider Khalil Mack a linebacker. Do you? No, he is on the line rushing the passer. Yeah, he got paid to be a pass rusher. (laughs) Bobby got paid to be an inside linebacker. He was the highest paid guy. Got more than C.J. Mosley, who signed a five-year, $85 million deal. I forget, you know the guarantees in C.J.? Something like 45, maybe? 43? We can can check that. Anyway, Bobby makes more than him per year now because Bobby is way better, significantly better than C.J. Mosley. Now, Chris, we got to give some credit to Bobby. Right, not even some credit. We need to give a lot of credit to Bobby, and I wrote this too on the Athletic. Uh, go check that out. My piece on Bobby. The way Bobby did this deal should be a blueprint for f- stars in the future trying to get big deals. Because if you look at who's holding out, it's not like the middle of the road dudes. Like Dwayne Brown held out as a Pro Bowl left tackle. Who's holding out right now? Uh, Zeke is holding out. One of the biggest superstars in the NFL. Uh, Michael Thomas is holding out. Arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, who else? My man my man in Washington holding out. What's his name? Trent Williams. Trent Williams is holding out. My man in Jacksonville. The, uh, what's the defensive end? He got the weird name. I don't know. He ain't show up, though. He's not there. Holding out. Like, look at the guys who hold out. Aaron Donald had to hold out. Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah. Jadavion Clowney, too. Oh, yeah. He didn't show up, right? Oh, you're talking about Yannick Nguak. Yep, see, see, yep, see. I don't know him, <laughs> but I know he. I know he's holding out. Yes. Right, like you look at the caliber of dudes who hold out. It is the Bobby Wagner's. It's the Earl Thomases. Which it's the Julio Joneses. Didn't Julio you did like hold mention out? Melvin Gordon too, right? Yeah. Oh, see, thank you, Melvin Gordon, who's probably on like a little a tier lower than some of the other guys we mentioned, other than the, my man in Jacksonville. But like, look at the caliber of dudes who have to hold out 
in this league, and they need they need some type of like plan because the the team has a plan. The team goes, all right, you don't show up, we find you, and then we don't pay you. <laughs> like their their plan is pretty set. Players need to have one, and every player's situation is going to be different. But Bobby laid out the blueprint. Yeah, I think, I think he did it the right way. Showed up. He didn't practice. Had his helmet, which is a great compromise. And he was with other players, showing them the ropes. That's something, as a coaching staff, as an owner, general manager, you're looking at saying, gosh, we probably want to pay this guy. He is still here. Granted, he doesn't want to get hurt practicing, and now we can't pay him, et cetera. But him being there and taking the initiative, it shows something. And I think the Seahawks staff appreciated that, and they showed that with his extension. Imagine if all these other guys that that you just mentioned that are holding out did the same thing Bobby did show up to camp. They're not practicing, but they're there. And a lot of that depends on their relationship That's with true the as well. uh, with the uh with the coaching staff and with the front office. You know, if you have people who are there for a long time like they drafted Bobby. So their relationship is a little different versus like uh dang, who who's who's playing for a coaching staff right now that didn't draft them? You know, I think all the main guys we we I named are. Well, except for I think Sean McVay wasn't there when they drafted like Aaron Donald. I don't think their GM might have been Les Snead, I think was his name. But for the most part, you the relationship is so important because if you remember that Earl Thomas quote in the interview with Josina Anderson, uh, one thing he mentioned is that him and Pete didn't see eye to eye on work ethic and he didn't like that Earl didn't practice when he came back. Remember that? Like Earl would take yeah. like certain days off. Pete didn't like that. Pete wanted him to practice. So I know that Pete probably wanted Bobby to practice that whole time. Like, but that was a compromise. Pete understood that, and Bobby was able to get that in there. Like, I don't know if Zeke has enough of a relationship with Jerry Jones to just, like, show up and not practice. And if, if uh, Michael Thomas has the relationship with Sean Payton and what is their GM owner's name? Uh, Mickey Loomis? I want to say. I can't remember nobody's name right now. <laughs> Everyone's going to be able to Google all this stuff, and they're going to think we're unprepared. I'm just, we don't talk about the Saints. So I don't no, have we it. don't talk about the Saints or Jags. I don't have <laughs> Yeah, well, you read the dude's name in the Jags and couldn't pronounce it. I was like, sure I sure couldn't. I knew I could see his name. I just don't even, uh, didn't even want to try it. But the relationship is important. Like, does Melvin Gordon have the relationship that he can show up and then just not practice? Because that's tricky, too. Because it looks like the player is doing what he wants still, you know? So the teams don't like to be shown up in that way, but Bobby figured out a way. And this is also big. Bobby learned from the mistakes of people who were in his position. What did Cam Chancellor do in 2015? Hold out. Into the regular season, did that work? No. It's terrible. Failure. Awful. Cam didn't get no more money. He didn't even get more money until, what, two years later? Yeah, he held out in 2015 and got paid in 2017. That's two years later. His holdout trash uh richard sherman i'm sure wanted to stay he was acting as his own agent but he also told the coach what to do and the coach doesn't like that he's like yeah man stop throwing the ball in the one uh your message is getting stale uh you know those are things to get you out of there real quick yeah no he was borderline insubordinate that's why they got him out of there which insubordination will not be tolerated (laughs) that's what Pete carroll's on he's like nah (laughs) <laughs> no, it will not. We will We will cut you. We won't even, you know, if we can't trade you, we will cut you. Uh, I'm trying what to think hurts more, being traded or just being cut, you think? Ooh, I would have to ask more players. I've talked to players who have been cut, because in the NFL that's far more frequent than being traded. Um, I think I would, I would, judging by what I've talked with players about, getting cut. 
I would think so too. Because that just feels completely you're just unwanted, especially if you like clear waivers too. That means nobody wanted you. At the same time though, these dudes do understand it's a business. Like for yes. example, I was talking to um, Amar Darbo the other day. Remember he had got cut, and then he got picked up by the Patriots. And then when he's doing his physical, they realize, oh, hey man. You know your collarbone broke? <laughs> and that's not funny. I'm sorry. When he was explaining it to me, I'm like, so Seahawks don't know that your collarbone's broke? I don't know. That was weird. I'm going to write something about it later. But I was asking him about what it was like to be cut, you know, because he was a third-round pick, got cut before his second season. That's really quick, you know. And Malik Turner, I talked to him as well. You know, he's on and off the practice squad, cut, uh, promoted, cut, promoted, cut, promoted. You know, remember uh, Mike Davis, your boy, uh, I'm kidding. Mike can be my boy. <laughs> Mike's screensaver on his phone was him getting waived by the 49ers. It was like, Mike Davis has been waived. I think it was the tweet, the notification, or whatever. He had that for like two years, I think. Like, getting cut stung. So, yeah, that was that was a little different. But as this all comes back to Bobby, you know, Cam's holdout didn't work. Earl's holdout didn't work. Sherm didn't hold out, but his relationship-building skills in that situation were poor and it ultimately resulted in his release i believe so and then kj kj is another great example last year kj did everything right quote unquote showed up practiced leader team guy was even willing to help up help coach shakim which think about that from kj's perspective i'm 30 years old or however old kj was at the time they just drafted this star linebacker, and I'll call Shaquem a star just based on celebrity, maybe not because of talent at the time. They just drafted this star linebacker who plays my position. I'm entering a contract year, and I'm supposed to help this dude? Make I'm trying to get paid. And KJ was like, you know what? You know, each one teach one. I'm going to help him out. That's big. And he still didn't get an extension, right? Like, he went the whole year without getting one, mostly because he was hurt. But went the whole year without getting an extension. So Bobby learns from that. I'll show up like KJ did, but I'm going not going to get hurt like KJ did. Boom, because that hurts your market value. Bobby did it all right, and Chris was the kicker on this. He had no agent. None. Bobby did all the things I'm just saying and finesse the system. Not finesse because, you know, the Seahawks. This is a win for the Seahawks as well. He did it with no, no agent. And how much did he save, Mike? Um, so I always thought agents got a lot more percentage of uh, player contracts, but apparently they just get 3%. So... I did the math earlier. I'm a calculator. I think he saved $1.62 million is what the agent would have got uh, in, uh, what's that, commission on his deal, $54 million. I believe that's what it is that he would have got. I don't know if they get it off the guarantees, total worth of the contract. I would assume it's the total worth of the contract would be one point six. Yeah, Bobby saved $1.6 million. Mm. You know the things I could do at $1.6 million? A buy, a, buy a home, buy your parents a place, buy a new car. Well, in you Seattle, said, you're just getting like a loft at the <laughs> 1.62. You ain't getting nothing. You're getting with 1.62 million dollars in Seattle. You're getting an orca card and a and a one bedroom apartment in South Lake Union. But you know how expensive it is to live here. It is ridiculous. Anyway, that Bobby did all that without an agent. Yeah, that is a game changer and no leaks no drama no reports no like sources said you know i mean if the story broke via sources but i mean you saw the picture the team posted only people in the room are the cameraman schneider and bobby <laughs> so news got out and the guy who wrote the press release john like only so many people who know what's going on the leaks had to come from somewhere 
Chris, I think is it safe to say Bobby did this perfectly? I don't see how any other. I don't see any other way he could have done it. He did it the right way. He got what he wanted out of it, and now he's willing to play ball. And that's all the Seahawks ever wanted, and that's all he wanted. Yep. And I think, as you said, he set the tone. I think other players are now going to realize, dang, maybe I can do it by myself as well, and I can learn from Bobby, and I can do the same things he's doing. Yep. And maybe we'll see a Melvin Gordon show up to camp and show running backs how to do certain things. Maybe we'll see Michael Thomas showing these guys that people don't even know about with the Saints wide receiving core about how to run routes, how to catch passes from mm-hmm. Breeze. What, did, what, he, what is he like? Maybe the defensive end Jacksonville. He'll try to help out new guys on the team, et cetera, et cetera. I think players are looking at Bobby and saying, wow, this is the way to do it, and you can still get paid. And I might save money without an agent. And now that that might become an issue. Are agents going to be needed in the next 10 years, you think? Yeah, I think they'll always be – excuse me. I don't think they'll be needed. But there'll but be some – guys will definitely want to – because there'll be some dudes who's like, look, man, I ain't doing all that. Yeah, and that's fair. There are some people that – Definitely. Love to manage and take care of their things and do it their way, i.e. Bobby Wagner. And then there are those that I just want to play football. You take care of my contract negotiations, teams I'm playing for, all that other business. You take care of the business side. I'm going to play. Yep. This is gonna and be. This is gonna be tons of guys. There's gonna be far more guys like that than there is like Bobby Sherm, Russell Okung. I think Larry Fitzgerald does his own deals as well. There's gonna be far more guys who are just like, look, that's my agent's handling that. I just want to play football. Yeah, which and is fine too. And that's fine. And that's fine. But I think Bobby definitely did open up a door where other players that might have thought about doing it, but maybe were afraid to take that leap, mm-hmm. now see and say, I definitely can manage this and do it. And I'm going to do it the Bobby way, which might be a trend now. The you, Bobby way. And another, like, small aspect of that's not huge, but, like, you look at how the popularity of NBA contracts is right now and how close NBA, NFL players look at NBA contracts and what's happening in the NBA right now, player empowerment. Players are taking control, saying, I'm going to sign only this much. You're going to trade me here. I want to play for this team. You're going to have this meeting with me here on my terms. You know, it's a lot of player empowerment, you know, the structure of the contracts, just like all that stuff. So if you if we if we can get some of that in the NFL, that is undoubtedly game changing type stuff. So like I don't know if we can give enough praise to Bobby for this. Like it seems so simple, right? Like you're the best at your position. The guy who makes the most right now makes this. You should make this. But it's just not because teams wanna they don't want to pay you like they want to play hardball. They'd rather have all these dudes on vet men's, you know, on veteran minimum deals. And I don't know why. They got so much money. Because you don't you don't get to this point where these guys are, the Schneiders and even oh, the Saints GM is Mickey Loomis, by the way. I did have that, right? I always thought that name was funny. That's why I remembered it. Uh anyway, they don't you don't get there by spending your own money where it's supposed to go. You get there by skimping. Right, so they want to skimp. They want to be cheap, and I understand it because players can. You can give Bobby all that. No, I'm not going to use an example, but you can give a player all that money, and then he gets hurt, like Cam. The Cam situations are what scare them. Like, imagine if the Seahawks did pay Earl when he was holding out. He broke his leg four weeks in. Scared of that, you know, which is fine. But uh, on the flip side of it, the players want to get paid just because, like, yeah, man, I'm sitting here waiting for this deal. I could break my leg tomorrow. Right? It's it's. I don't. It's not double-edged sword. What's the word for that? I mean, is it a catch twenty-two conundrum? There's got to be a word there. I like catch twenty-two. I just don't know if I know how to use it right. Do you know how to use that word right? Nope. No. <laughs> Let's see. A catch twenty-two <laughs> is a dilemma or difficult circumstance from which there is no escape, 
because of mutually conflicting or dependent conditions. Yeah, there we go. That's Either a catch twenty two. I think it's double edged sword. I think it's a catch twenty two. What else you want to throw in there? I think it's all the same. I like catch twenty two. That's a it's good. Not as violent, Mike. No, it's a double edged <laughs> sword. It's very violent. Catch twenty two actually sounds it sounds like a TV show. Well, Mike, you are the you're now the the star of Catch twenty two. That would be dope. That actually okay. Let's not get distracted. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Kudos to kudos to Bobby, the linebacker. Like the Seahawks have the best linebackers in the league. I think between Kendricks, KJ, Bobby. Best trio, best duo. If you want to limit it to just KJ Bobby, like they're set. I don't know how much longer they'll have KJ because uh, his contract becomes real dispensable. Uh, like next, next March, year. yeah. But for now, they're, they're good. They're a, a a very fun duo trio to watch. How they communicate, how they fight of the ball. I'm excited. And, and Bobby's just so damn and good. And Sunday they put on the pads. It's gonna be great. Oh yeah, it's gonna oh, be yeah. great. I can't wait for it. Maybe Bobby was just waiting to get the pads on. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be so great. One more thing on like the 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 compromise too. It was little stuff like you know how Bobby on the first day of camp showed up sweatsuit turned inside out, not practicing hoodie on. Pete Carroll's like, oh, we'll, we'll talk to him. You know, we didn't really communicate before today, which is weird. But uh, you know, we, I anticipated he wouldn't practice, but I don't know. So we're going to talk. The next day, Bobby has his helmet on. He has sweats. Or, excuse me, he has his jersey, cleats. He looks more of the part. Because a lot of this is about just optics. The deal's done five hours later. You know, it's that little stuff. Players can definitely, like, you don't want to fully, like, kowtow to the organization. It's another good vocab word, by the way. Uh, you don't want to fully do that. Uh, but you also have to understand there's some give and some take. Bobby took enough, gave enough, $54 million. If you see Bobby at the bar, well, you don't drink. If I see Bobby at the bar, he's buying the first round. I'll see him tomorrow. And the second round, and the third round, and the fourth (laughs) round, because $54 million, $40 million guaranteed. And I'm pretty sure guaranteed that the signing is probably ridiculous. I haven't seen the full full details yet. But, yeah, man, they locked up Bobby. That's good, man. A no-brainer, really. You're not going to let this man walk, too, huh? Oh, my gosh. Yo, not, not paying. Disarray. A, they do that. That's another good word. We on a roll today. Man, Catch 22. Seahawks man-to-man with a little bit of vocab. Disarray? What's the other one I just used? Kowtow? Another good word. My language arts teacher would be going nuts. My language arts teacher is shedding a tear right now. Oh, I yeah. I am so proud of you. Oh, so proud. Because <laughs> I was really bad at the vocab quizzes when I, when I, I was just in high listen. school. But anyway. What's up next, man? Same here. <laughs> who we got? Who we got on this list, man? Well, see the Bobby. We th- I'm glad list. we started with the good news because everything after that is probably not going to be great. Because now Ooh. we got to talk about Jaren Reed. Unfortunately, we do. Yep, yep. I remember we, we, we I do. texted you when the, when the news broke. I was like, "You want to record today?" You were like, "You know, there's not a lot of details out right now. We do know that something happened. Right. We can wait on it. I'm glad we waited." Well, here's the, here's the thing, right? So uh, I'll lay it out the basics. I everyone knows Jaren Reed has been. Uh, he's facing a six game suspension for violation of the personal conduct policy, essentially, for alleged domestic violence incident in April of 2017. Uh, The league investigated. This is when they concluded their investigation. Jaron has uh, reportedly appealed their decision and been denied an appeal, so there's nothing he can do at this point, to my knowledge. Uh, Jaron can practice. He can be in the facility, whatever. He can even participate in the preseason games. Once the regular season starts, he can't. I don't think he can be around. No, he can't. He has to go home. He's, you can, you yeah. Remember Thomas Davis that played for the Panthers last season? Mm-hmm. 
He was suspended the first four games, and he could not be at the facilities. I saw this on All or Nothing. He didn't show up till week five. That's when he was able to be back in the presence of the team. You really cannot be there at all, which is weird that you can be there for preseason, training camp, all that. But as soon as the season starts, you got to go. It's unfortunate. So I want to lay this out. So that's the, the suspension part of it, right? Like Jaron's like apologize, takes responsibility for his actions, says he disagrees with the NFL's decision, says that the NFL did talk to they did in fact talk to him as part of their investigation, um, but he disagrees. Uh, sounds like Pete Carroll also disagrees, but no one's really getting into the details of what they why they disagree. We're focused on the timing, and I want to s- talk about the details really quickly. Because like Chris said, I think we had a show that came out Monday. Yeah. And last the news Monday. broke Tuesday, I believe. No, the, the news broke Monday. Monday, okay. Cause I remember because I was reading the police report oh, yeah. at my mom's birthday yeah. dinner, which was really weird. Do you want to talk about awkward birthday conversation? I'm about reading the DV police report in Cheesecake Factory. That was a little weird. Everyone was interested, though, about it. It was very, very weird. My family's weird. Anyway, because we didn't know details on Monday. Then I got the police report. A little details in there. And a lot of details in there. 57-page report. <laughs> And that's just because, you know, some of the, like, pictures took up, like, whole pages. She got she sent screenshots in of text messages between her and Jaron. Those, like, two texts took up, like, a full page. So that's why it's so long. But the alleged victim is, I got to use the word alleged so much today. I don't want to get sued. But the alleged victim is a alleging um, some pretty serious stuff, man. she's Her name is redacted from the police report. Uh, that just means her name's covered up. Like, can't see it. And, you know, she's listed at what, like, it doesn't matter how big or small she is, but, like, the imagery of it is kind of important. Like, she's listed at, like, 5'2", I think a buck 40. Jaren's listed at, like, 6'5", 300. So when you read stuff like she's alleging that, he, you know, he choked her during an argument, uh, like, choked her into another room. Uh, it's like when she tried to, like, hide in another room he breaks the door down they have pictures of the door being broken down again all alleged um it's all in the police report you know she's alleging that he like dragged her off a of bed and uh or took some sheets off her and dragged her across the floor and down the stairs uh she sustained some injuries to her elbows knees wrists you know one of the witnesses in the police report alleges that she had a, a cut on her face and she's bleeding it's just like and then allegedly jared left uh his home where it happened and so when the police got there he wasn't there it's just like you know i think okay there's a lot of places we can go with this one it's very strange he was not charged or arrested in 2017 i i don't understand and he wasn't even there in bellevue out of all you know, places. Yeah, exactly. Like, we know how Bellevue treats Seahawks. We've seen what happened with Cam Chancellor, you know, get racially profiled at the at the gym. You know, I think there was some incident with the Bellevue police and Marshawn Lynch a long time ago, too. Like, Bellevue ain't the place to be, you know, being in trouble with the law. Nowhere is when you big black dude. But Bellevue definitely ain't the place around here. So, no charges, no arrests, right? And because it took so long for all this to happen, like, the prosecutor declined charges in December 2017. Uh, the prosecutor's office in Bellevue, that is. Because it took so long, what's the first thing, because you work for KJR, what's the first thing you guys talked about in regards to the Jaron Reed suspension when the news broke? Where did this come from? Why? (laughs) This was two years old. Exactly. And now this happens? What happened that night? Why wasn't anything, (laughs) he's not even home. What happens after that? The police contact him. 
What are the next? The day? police did contact him. In the police report, they left a message. Just like left a message. Of course, man, you the police not gonna call you back. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what you what, call you back? What? I've never heard that police officer leaving a voicemail. Hey, yeah. Jay Reed, this is the Bellevue Police Department. We are aware of an incident that took place tonight. We need you to call us back. What? No. Be like uh, blocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling you back. Yeah, so your job is to go protect and serve. Yeah, they go did serve law and go find this guy. Don't give us two years later. He's been suspended for A, B, and C, and then right. what are A, B, and C? Uh, so what are the details? Exactly, what the league doesn't have to tell us what A, B, and C is, which is crazy. But the first thing that, like, like you mentioned, why now? Where does this come from? The timing of it is the first thing that comes up, right? And I know the league's uh, domestic violence, like, and disciplinary actions are inconsistent, right? You got Tyree Kill gets this, Zeke gets this, Kareem Hunt gets this. I think he got eight games. Um, actually, you know, Jaron gets this. You know, I think initially Greg Hardy just kind of was under the rug until I think he appealed and came back up, and then he got suspended. You know, we got guys like Ruben Foster, and it's inconsistent. I get that, but I think something else we need to that's not being talked about enough is like Jaron. While it is unfortunate that he got suspended, very unfortunate for him, Seahawks, whatever. He somehow avoided the like domestic abuser label that gets uh attached when you do these things yeah like like frank for example it never left frank there are seahawk fans who are like see frank make a sack and are like yeah oh dang it's frank you know and you know if they do that that's fine you know that is you know they believe that he uh that he put his hands on a woman cool feel how you want to feel about that but it never leaves them it'll never leave ray rice you know, it'll never leave Tyreek Hill. Uh, it'll never leave, who I just say, the running back. Uh, Joe Mixon? Yeah. yeah. It'll another never running, another Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. It'll never leave My Kareem bad. Hunt, but it'll never leave Joe Mixon either. He broke that girl jaw on camera. You know, like, it'll never leave those guys. And that's usually a discussion when you talk about them. It's like this, like, discussion of morality. But, but, and instead, when we talk about Jaron Reed, the first thing that comes up is the issue with the timing in the NFL and, like, compared it immediately to Tyreek Hill. And it's almost like, man, if we really do want to not, like, make the world a better place, PSA type stuff, but if we really did care about the situation, domestic violence, even if it's alleged, I feel like more people would be talking about the details that I just said. You know, the the details didn't come out for a while because it takes a while to get police reports, but, like, even when it did come out, like, that wasn't really a thing. Like, and even now, we asked Jaron about it in the podium. He's like, I'm not going to get into it. I just disagree based on the facts. What are the facts? Yeah, I think that was exactly, I think Greg Bell followed up. was like, what are the facts? Of he the, said the and, facts. And he's just like, you know, I, he didn't want to get into it. You know, Pete, Pete Carroll, the same thing. I think that Pete Carroll was asked, hey, are your, is your understanding of what happened different than her report or uh, the NFL's understanding? And he didn't even want to get into it and it's just like all right cool if they're just gonna go mums the word on that and then she has this side i feel feel like if we if if we care if we really care and there's another argument whether nfl fans actually care about women and their safety we don't have to have that discussion right now but if we do care though we should be talking more about that because for now that's just we're just focused on like the d-line and puna ford and earl mitchell and signing mike daniels who i think is with the lions now like Okay, that's the football part of it is like, but if you really care though about women and their safety, like we need to be talking more about about this. I think Chris, they were arguing over a stripper. 
You see that in police report? I I did read that in an article. I'm yeah, thinking. allegedly. I got I mean, me. Oh yeah, good 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 catch. Allegedly arguing over a stripper. Apparently, I'm thinking, wow. Jaron flew the girl out from Se- from Georgia. For a party wasn't it his birthday? And he weekend? threw. A, uh, I don't know when his birthday. Is, I don't know when his birthday is. But uh, it was a party. You're right. He threw a party, a party at his crib. Allegedly, flew the girl out from Georgia. Allegedly, allegedly, they <laughs> had been dating for a month, according to her. Can't we just uh, say allegedly and then tell the story? I don't know. I want to emphasize. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have no Seahawks man-to-man attorney, but I just want to <laughs> make sure we good. Like allegedly, like they had been dating for a month. Allegedly, apparently the stripper. Was very forward with the girl, tried to get her to take her clothes off, said she was having sex with Jaren and has been for the last, like, 10 years or something like that, allegedly. Uh, and that starts an argument, and next thing you know, she's getting dragged out the house, allegedly. allegedly. So, like, that's it's bad. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, if we, if we care, then it should get the same treatment where we shouldn't, like, the NFL part of it should be secondary. We know the NFL is stupid when it comes to this. That's crazy, Chris. What day are we talking about that? I think before I think, the, was, I think it was must have been the day of we had a conversation about it right or the day before or something uh, for guys who don't know what I'm talking about I think either after we recorded the last show me and Chris were talking about how the NFL cannot be judge and jury in these situations it's tough they don't there there's no there's the line and they're trying to do it their way but their way gets away the law and the law is supposed to hand down these decisions and the NFL Correct. is trying to do both and as your your point was NFL just do NFL things Yes. Do NFL stuff. Let the law be the law. You're trying to play two sides, and it hasn't worked because we're seeing inconsistencies throughout time and situations involving domestic abuse. Yep, yep, yep. And Alleged. Jeez, al- Louise, man. You, thank you. No, that's cool. Everybody <laughs> knows we talk. We know we're not really saying, like, these, True. you know, we, they know, but and that's say it. that's where the line is. I mean, what, as the commissioner, what do you do? Do you suspend Tyreek Hill? And my thing was, if you are even the hint of domestic abuse, you're suspended four games automatically. And right now it's what, six? Jaron Reed gets, Jaren's I think the six. baseline is six. I think that's the baseline they've set, I think. It's six. But if I'm commissioner, if I even hear the slightest hint, the sniff, the rumor, four-game suspension, once we get all the facts from the, from the law, mm. we'll assess it as need be. But initially, off top, four games. Doesn't matter who you are. Mm. You're suspended four games. Yeah, that sucks. But this shouldn't be an ongoing issue. And as the league continues to grow and bring in new athletes, they haven't made a stance. And as to your point, do they really care? Because if they cared, they would have a guideline. If you do this, you're suspended this many times. For example, if you do PEDs, you're gone. Right? That's they, four games, I think. Four yeah. games automatically. Mm-hmm. There's no, oh, well, two. No, it's four. Once they find out more, okay, you can be suspended longer. And I think they should take that same, they should do the same with domestic abuse. They got to figure out a way. There's got to be something they can do differently. And if it is a six-game suspension for everyone when you're even thought brought up in the conversation, just yeah. the conversation, just accused. the rumor. When you're accused. When you're accused. Six games. Mm-hmm. That's it. And maybe things will change. And it, needs, and it needs to be some transparency in this. Like, what's your standard for, you know, define accused? Like, can it be just a tweet? Can it be a DM that's released? If it's released? a DM, if it's a tweet. Does it have to be a police report? Like, nope. They if just it, have to. If there is anything, a rumor, a whisper, you got you to gotta lay the law. Because now people are saying, oh, they're taking it serious. I mean, mm-hmm. my name was brought up in it. And I got suspended six games. Yeah. So slip, I didn't even do so it. It's a bit of a slippery slope. It but is. I mean, that it's a... It, it, it is a hard line stance they could take. They could, or you can do, or you can do three games. As long as there's something, there's a law laid, 
mm-hmm. and people can now see, oh, you will actually get in trouble for just having your name mentioned. Collectively bargained with the players' union, by the way. Hopefully uh, that, that they'd have to agree thing. on. They'd that. have to agree on mm-hmm. this, but there there has to be a way to do this. There can't just be this player suspended eight games, this guy suspended four games, this guy suspended one game. There has to be this is the line. We draw it here. Mm. If you're accused, if there's any information on it, this yeah, is Yeah, so you're saying accusation comes, suspension, then investigate, and we'll yeah, go. And, and then we'll go there. there's possibly other. More suspension. Maybe mm. a year off. Or nothing. Or nothing. Hmm? Let's say they get it wrong. Let's say you're accused of it and nothing happened, and you serve four games. Okay, cool. We'll pay you more. Mm. We'll give you four games Ooh, of salary that, that you missed. Okay, give them a salary back. That's interesting. And I think that would be fair. If you miss four games and the officer and the law got it wrong, you should be compensated for that. If you go to prison unlawfully, you spend 10 years in prison for something you didn't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean they try to make up for it depending on the crime. Yeah. We'll give you 10 million. Some things just can't be made up with bread, uh, but I no, think, of course not. I think in the NFL, I think that would be that would be understood that hey, you miss four games of a of your job that you're supposed to play in on Sundays, Thursdays, or whatever the case may be, or right. Mondays, yeah. we're going to give you your base salary for those four games you missed. And that can be a discussion that can be had the next three, four years. But will they do that? I don't know, I Mike. mean, prob- probably not. They, I definitely know the, the players and the players' union should fight for some type of transparency and a system that they can agree with that, like, stay here's this. Because, like, if you look at, like, the marijuana policy and stuff like that, it's pretty laid out. Like, <laughs> if you fail this, then this, then you go through this, then this, and this is how this is defined in this. Same thing with, like, the uh, PED suspension that yeah. Golden Tate is fighting right now. It's like he thinks he has a good case because uh, he accidentally took something he didn't know the full ingredients of because him and his wife were at a fertility oh. clinic or something like that. It's like, nah, man, you go read the policy. It don't matter if you take it on accident or yeah. on purpose. It's a t- intent it does not matter. That's why I think he still will be suspended four games because, as you just said, if you read the policies... No, he's going he's gonna to lose. Yeah. <laughs> um, see, here's another thing I think they could do, too, because that is an option to just take a stance. Well, as, soon as, as soon as your name even come up, you out of here. Yeah, I mean... You know, that but there's could, other ways. What is your way, Mike? So what are you thinking? I, th- I think, and this... I know I know the pushback could be strong from this one. I think that the NFL doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to try to be like the morality police like it's trying to be. I understand that you want to have like a certain brand associated with your game, but I think it would be okay. It would go over well if they were just like, look, when stuff like that happens that the cops and stuff get involved in, we will let them handle it and if there is a punishment then then we will discuss. Because, like, people, like, the crazy thing that people bring up with, like, Jaron, it's like, he wasn't charged or arrested. So if the league was like, look, man, if the law says he's cool to walk the streets and do that, he's good enough to play in our game. Now, of course, that will lead to some, uh, some like, people who are accused of some ugly things in the league. They have that now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They employ Big Ben. You know, like, I, stop right there. They got Big Ben in the league. They put Marvin Harrison in the Hall of Fame, right? If you're wondering why that's a trip, Google, Google it. Marvin Harrison, right? And just scroll. Just, just scroll. type in Marvin Harrison, murder. And just and just scroll <laughs> and be informed, right? Because I think it's okay. Because, like, the, the, excuse me, the judicial system is flawed, right? And it's hard for them to get it right. You know, you can argue millions of times that they get it right, wrong, whatever. If the league is like, look, the people who are qualified to get this stuff right don't consistently. For us to step in and then try, when we're not qualified, we, we handle football things. We don't handle 
safety of like women or we don't handle just whatever right we don't handle like drugs and thefts and whatever we'll let them handle that and if they issue a punishment and they determine this then we could then maybe we'll step in now again as you could have some people accused of some stuff that's in your league you got that now right jaron reed will still have been accused on week seven (laughs) you know when he's in the league it doesn't go away once there's uh already a punishment issued and he serves a suspension or whatever so i think they could step back and be like yo this ain't our we, we care about football we care about football we care about selling tickets I think they should do that with a lot of issues, to be honest, because right now they're, they're like trying to half pretend they care about stuff like domestic violence, and it's just not going over well. No one thinks the league cares about domestic violence and women. Do you think the league cares about women? It's domestic not violence? looking very good. All the times it happens, and they do different things on different occasions, to your point. They really don't do a great job of showing they care if they do. Did, like When the league steps in on any issue, I don't think they ever like, I don't even think they care about the military. I think they get paid to look like they do. So they do it. Yeah, they you want to come bang our drum for the game? Come do it. Yeah, but pay us this. You all you <laughs> want to you want to do a flyover with the Air Force? Oh yeah, you know, yeah, just throw a little change. Yeah, drop. Yeah, come on. You want to support like breast cancer and stuff? Okay, let's let's. Do they? Even, is it still pink in October? I believe so. Uh, I think they have another month uh, too. But even then, everything is tied to like marketing and the brand. Like even like uh, the my cause, my cleats. Yeah, right? like that stuff is tied to like a specific time in the year when all those guys do that, right? So. I think the league the league doesn't need to pretend to care about stuff. Like even when they're trying to like solve like the anthem quote unquote protest problem. Man, the league don't care about black people. They don't care about what's going on in the streets. They don't care if me and you are scared more scared than we when we get pulled over than like Carson Palmer. You know, they don't care about that. So don't pretend to. If you could just make your stance, if you care about football, we care about football. Uh, you know, like when the when the Seahawks drafted Frank, one of the things that they got pushed back for was like they claimed to have vetted the situation. And, you know, it turns out they didn't even, I don't think they even talked to the woman who accused, who was in the situation, you know, who Frank was accused of hitting. It's like, come on, man, how you vet the situation? There's two people involved. You only talked to 50%. You didn't vet a damn thing. You asked Frank if he did it. Probably told you no. You drafted him. Drafted him. <laughs> you know, which is whatever. If that's what you want to do and you come out and say, yo, we drafted Frank. We know this thing. We, we trust him. And you know what? He can get to the quarterback. That would sound crappy. You know, it would also be the truth. You know, because respect that a and lot be more. Tra- I don't even know if they would respect it right away. You know, if the Cowboys, when they signed Greg Hardy, was like, "Look, we know Greg Hardy's accused of these things. We also need a pass rusher." You know, if the Browns, when the Browns have Cream Hunt, right? Yes. Yeah, it's like we know Cream Hunt's accused of this. We he also ran for two thousand yards last year, so we need him. We're playing you know, football here. We're trying to win. That sounds like icky on his surface. But, but like some transparency and truthfulness will go a long way at the end of the day. Instead of this like half care, half don't, half try to be the morality police and step in on issues when the police didn't do anything, or if the police does charge somebody, now it's like, oh, well, we don't think he did it. It's like at the end of the day, the NFL has like full discretion. It's like, ah, we think he did it. We don't think he did. We think Jaron Reed did something. We don't think Tyreek did anything. It's like, come on, man, that's too much power. Trying to step in in that, that line that you mentioned. No, man, that's too tricky. No, stop. Do the football stuff. And if the law steps in like they're supposed to, then you can react then but try to like, oh, we'll, we'll be better than the law. We'll be above that. 
No, man, because then you look stupid. Y'all not qualified to do that. Y'all qualified to make business deals and sell beer to us I during mean, commercials. When they get it wrong, the NFL is looked at as all. Oh, you screwed this up. You suspended the guy that didn't even do it. Right. Like and that. That's happened. Players have been suspended, and they were actually innocent. Now what? Yeah. What's the compensation for that? A guy missed three games. I mean, Brady's a perfect example. Did he really do that? Well, then it, it's it's just the it's the whole optics of the thing. They're trying to like avoid. They want everything to be good PR, and it's just like, man, you're the NFL. You're denying that your game causes CTE. Like, People you, die. Like, come right. on, man. There is no good PR for your league. Like you're. You don't think your league causes serious head trauma that leads to like erratic behavior and like suicidal actions? Come on, man. Your PR is shot. <laughs> like, step back and like control what you can control. Stepping in and trying to be judge and jury with someone as incompetent as Roger Goodell is hurting you. Or, you know, rely on, I mean, they probably do use third party investigating firms, but right now, what they're doing, like, either do something like what you're saying, like accusations, we're not going to stand for it. As soon as you get accused, you up out of here. Or it's just like, look, okay, we know he got accused. When the law step in and they charge, arrest, or Maybe they can do whatever. a little bit of both of our deals. Yeah. Put them both together and say, we need the evidence and facts, and then we'll go forward with the suspension, which would involve the law taking care of business. But it can't take two years. If it Legally, if it does, though, those, sometimes those are drawn out. Sometimes. If there's a trial. There's, there's got to be some communication. Like, hey, we're, in, we're investigating Jaron Reed 2017. Because you know what this is very similar to is actually college. Now, I don't think the league should be borrowing a bunch of stuff from the NCAA because the NCAA is awful. But it's kind of similar in that, like, if you play for UW or in Seattle, so I use UW. If, you know, you're accused of hitting your girlfriend in your dorm room, right? Chris Peterson don't have to suspend you, right? He can just, even if it comes out, he can wait. He can be like, look, this is a legal matter. He's our quarterback, and until... And as long as he's available to us, he's going to play, and we'll let the legal process play out. Done. Now, again, it's going to sound icky on the surface, but if you acknowledge that you're not qualified to step in and be like morality police, man, at the end of the day, you'll you, the transparency and being honest, I think, will win out at the end of the day because, like, you get people like some like college coaches trying to pretend that they're like super high up on these platforms like ah morals 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 behavior 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 our kind of guy our kind of guy character 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 it's like man if your Heisman Trophy candidate kills somebody you know you're gonna want to try to get him on a team still like come on man don't play us you know it's like you get people what was the man's name who was hiring hookers Hugh Freeze or whatever from Ole Miss it's like, oh, man. It's like was... come on man don't wave your don't wave your moral flag at us and you'll you'll keep whoever as long as they can score touchdowns whatever don't don't but then you do, don't have, do that. you do have coaches out there that don't play that. If there's even a hint, you're cut. Some. Very few. Some. But some. they're looking at it morality-wise. They're saying, we don't stand for that. And that's fine, too. And I don't think you really have to sell morals to NFL fans. I think you just need to give them touchdowns. <laughs> and, the, and they'll, for real, man, NFL fans is like drug addicts, man. It just give me the hit. All I need is the hit. And once <laughs> I'm done with my hit, once the hit wear off and my high wear off, Give me another hit, man. I don't really care. That's why we have Sunday what? night and Monday night. Yeah, man. Then we get a break, and then we come back Sunday. Yeah, but come on, Thursday man. Thursday night, excuse me. Yeah, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. We're going to have football on Fridays here in a little bit. Like, come on. I think you don't have. they don't have to step in where they're not qualified. I think it's okay to, like, at the end of the day, just to be honest. Like, look, we're selling football. If he did this, then the law will handle it, and then we'll, we'll proceed from there. But until then, we're out of this. That stance is all right, I think. 
or like you're saying, it could be multiple different ways. How you're saying too, take a hard line accusations. That's fine too. They gotta do something. Yeah. We do know that much. That that is that is true. This can't but. keep happening year after year, season after season, week by week. They gotta no. make a change. Because it doesn't make the the NFL is trying to look good and they're doing the exact opposite. They're looking terrible. They should hire us. It'd be over. You know, We'd how, have, you know how quickly we change things around. You know how the bag would be if they was living in the office in New York, <laughs> getting an NFL check. <laughs> oh man, it ooh. I'd have that Versace robe. I'm damn sure would have that Versace. Man, Man. that was all planned out perfectly, and then the news breaks. Yeah, that's true. But see how I brought the Versace robe right back in? It was good, man. I did. If people listen to the last episode, they'd be like, oh, Versace robe. (laughs) That's for real. I was watching an interview, actually, the other day with a comedian. He had on the same Versace robe he was talking about. Oh, it was Michael Blackson. He was on The Breakfast Club. Typical. He He, would wear that. Of course. (laughs) That's all he had on, too, was just the robe. I think he might have had underwear on, and that's it. Michael Blackson in fashion. There you go. Uh, Oh, that rhymed. That rhymed, too. Uh, I think, can we close the book on the Jaron Reed one for now? It's closed. We'll find out after the six-game suspension what's next for the guy. Uh, hopefully, he's probably going to try to get the bag. Probably won't. He has to put up great numbers in those maybe 10 the, games. Yeah, maybe the Seahawks. In the playoffs, if they make the playoffs. You have to do a lot. Yeah. I think, do we have any questions? Or do you, you want to go into training camp? Let's get five minutes of a little training camp talking to me and with questions. Well, training camp's only a few days in. That's the tricky. Well, yeah, you're right because tricky. I think tomorrow we'll get to see a lot more just because, guess what, Mike? They put the pads on. Did you hear what KJ had to say about DK and all the high? Oh, yeah, I did catch that. Oh, you that was be careful, great. man. He can't actually hit him. Like eh, You can tap him up, though. Give him a little, give him a little love there's gotta tap. Be, there's going to be some guys that are getting hit tomorrow. Um, Yeah. Linebackers are not the nicest group of defensive players. No, none of the, all those guys love contact. I know, but linebackers, that's their job. They literally run full speed into 300-pound linemen and then try to tackle someone. Yeah, no, it's a brutal game. At least when you're a lineman, you get to just move a 300-pound lineman and then try to make a play. Linebackers are starting seven yards back, running full speed, smacking into 300 pounds, and then tackling a guy that weighs around 200 to 220. Yeah, I think we need to check on the <laughs> mental health of like strong safeties because that's like what you're saying times ten. Times ten. It's like, oh man, you they're okay? two hundred pounds and they're flying up full speed to tackle a guy that's two hundred pounds and boom. What I will say though about the since we mentioned safeties, I think that's one position along with D line that I'm really paying attention to. There's a lot going on because there's so many guys fighting man. for spots like we mentioned last week and like Delano Hill's not out there, Marquise Blair's not out there. He's somebody I think would be uh, those two guys I think could be starters in week one. Okay. Uh, I really actually, my front runner, like I mentioned last last show, would be Pi Delano or Leno. Should we start calling him Leno? His name says Delano, okay? No, on the roster it says Leno. Oh, he changed the, he oh. took the DE off. Or our lads need to catch up. Just like, I don't know why. I said I suggested the other day that they should have a roster that only you has. You change your name to Eichel? Drop <laughs> <laughs> the M? No. Eichel Dugar. No, that's kind of no, filthy, no. actually. Eichel. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't put that. Ooh, that's, don't ooh, put that hey, in the universe. Go ahead and tweet him. At no, Eichel don't Dugar. do that. Don't do that. I'm not gonna see the tweet because that ain't my that ain't my at. <laughs> at Mike Dugar and tell him to change it to Eichel. No, no, no. We're not gonna do that. They should have a roster that has just the guys' nicknames though. That'd be cool. Why don't you make that? We can do it together. We can make the roster with nicknames and we can make copies for everybody. All right. I can't tell if Mike really wants to do that because I don't know how to do that. What do you need, like Excel, Excel. or something? Yeah. I don't know how to use Excel. I got it. I've been putting that on my uh, resumes for to years. <laughs> I said I know how, like, what did I say, proficient in all Microsoft software or something like that. Well, most Man, I know, I know how to use PowerPoint and Word. And I don't even have Word on my computer no more because <laughs> I can't afford it. It's too expensive. Word expensive, but when I, when I was getting a little college discount or whatever, it was cool. And I got out of there and was like, Word is how much? 
$199 a month. Excuse me? To write a few words? Oh, no, 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 no. I'll write these notes on my phone before I pay that. Yeah. And then WordPress came and just... Changed the game. And Google Docs. That is another Google Docs and WordPress just just came in and changed the game. But yeah, the safety spot, when they put the pads on, that's probably the first position I'm looking at. Not O-line, not linebackers, not running backs. I'm looking at, like, man, how Bradley look? How does Tedrick look? I kind of want to see the corners. How does Shalom look? Well, yeah, because the corners, too, they can make plays on the ball. I that's my and I want to see Shaq and DK. I want to see the, the I want to see the matchups and what it's going to look like. I want to see DK in full contact with corners now. Now that they can play the ball, they can be aggressive. They don't have to worry about oh you can't jump and intercept the pass. They can do it now. Linebacker. I mean, they could intercept the pass, but they couldn't They're like not supposed to. Yeah, like you can like Tedrick had a pick the other day. He wasn't supposed to. It was on a on a tip Drop ball. It. On tip ball. Don't don't catch. Nah it. nah nah. They be too <laughs> hype, bro. They be too hype. Well, tomorrow they can do it all, and that's gonna bring. It's just gonna be a game changer now, because yeah. all the hype of DK doing things. I want, I want to talk about that for a second, because a lot a great of, piece on it, by the way. Well, too. I, uh, thank you, thank you. Um, do, do you think we should chill? Not we should not, chill on the hype, but I is it unfair? The hype is is crazy. It's, it's not. I don't let's compare it though. Let's I don't, compare it. I don't think it's unfair. I think it's. I mean, look at the guy. Put it this way. How tall are you, Mike? 5'8". Imagine you being in second grade and walking to the classroom looking the way you look, and there's, oh, he's only nine, or whatever age you are when you're in second grade. Yeah. That's what DK is. It's You, you look at him and go, there's no way he plays football. I mean, this dude is huge. Yeah. And he runs. He's fast. He has good feet. His hands are... Oh, there's people who argue with you about the good feet. Hey. We'll find out more about tomorrow. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, Russ calls him LeBron. Okay, that's. I mean, maybe his physique. Yeah, no, it's because he's. How but he's, how he's to my built. point of view, walking into a second grade classroom and you're in second grade, the way you're looking is, I don't know, man. You're, you're of Greek god descent here, kid. I mean, and you're playing basketball and playing football and you're dunking on ten feet and you're catching passes and you're playing safety. I mean, these are things that you just can't fathom. All the hype, I think, is, is fair. But now the hype is going to be tested because for the past two months, you've been out there looking cool. Yeah, it's almost the, it's almost in high school warmups when you're over here dunking, doing layups, right? On your alley oops. Oh, he looks really good. Then you get in the game. Oh, this guy is absolutely trash. And I'm I'm not saying that's DK, but right. we're gonna find out more as we progress through training camp, through our first through the first preseason game, going into week one, and then as the season continues on. Yeah, you know it's funny you mentioned like if I walked to a second grade room, I used to cover high school football. People know this. I used to cover um, eight man football up in northern Idaho. So the kids are pretty scrawny, little like kids living on farms and stuff. I walked in one day to do like a season preview to into the locker room for some high school, very small town. The town probably has like fourteen hundred people for a very small town. The kids thought they got happy because when I walked in, they thought I was like trying out because this is when tryouts had just started. Uh, and I didn't realize that because everyone was laughing. One kid like dapped me up, and I went to the coach's office. And he was like, uh, "They think you're trying to be on the team." I was like, "Man, I'm 25." You know what I do with these kids? Or I, was, I think I was like 24 or whatever. It's like I'm a grown man, right? <laughs> but you got to remember this. I'm in Northern Idaho, right? So you see the black dude with the dreads walk in during football season. You're like, "Oh, we going to state?" Yeah. <laughs> Everybody thought I could do everything. It's like, man, I'm and that's that's literally the aurora that DK brought in when they when he walked in that room, took his shirt off. People, was, oh, this is our guy. Yeah, this is he fits what we like. He's personable. He has swagger. I don't even know if Pete knows what that means. Oh, Pete, no. 
Well, there you go. I mean, the- Pete, Pete recruited far too many black kids as a college coach to be like, he don't know what swagger is. I bet you Jim, Jimbo Fisher probably know what drip is. Like, all them, for real, what's the Clemson coach, Dabo, Nick Saban? I yeah. bet you they know how to do the, the, the black people handshakes and stuff at this point. At this point, I mean, I, I They probably know. go on recruiting visits with hot sauce in their pocket. Like, they, they know what it is. They know who, what audience they catering to. Yeah. They do. I mean, it's going to be fun tomorrow. And I'm, I'm hoping I get a glimpse of some of one-on-ones. I know the Seahawks aren't known for it all the time, but I want to see one-on-ones. That's gotta be that's gotta be something they they do a little bit more of. What do you think? Because I know you've seen you've been in there the last three seasons. They do they do stuff like that. They definitely do stuff like that. Yeah, I'd be interested to see Shaq versus DK, Trey versus DK, because it's like combined. Trey is just as big in terms of like height. Yes, height. Shaq is probably just as fast. It's DK four. maybe like a I mean they're close they're right there neck yeah because I think Shaq ran what 4-3-8 4-3-7 it was around there that's fine really he ran 4-3 but know that much yeah and so did DK yep so he's just as fast and Shaq's about 6-1 six, 6-2 six six so he's not short you know he's got bounce yep so you got two athletes going at it and that's what you want to see oh no I'm gonna love it even with people like Simeon Thomas who's like 6-4 okay he's a long he reminds me of Snoop yeah, Dude he's just long. like whiz, you know, just just Kevin Durant almost like you just he's arms and legs, literally and just moving. Like I, I like him, though. like Jeremy Boykins, Akeem King, who's another good good guy. Like who, this, who you were a fan of, or you're not a fan? You were you enjoyed his play against the Kansas City Chiefs last season. Yeah, he I thought that was a pretty well. big game, man. Like there was some people last year, like the Seahawks got some great performances individually, just out of nowhere. Like remember DJ Fluker didn't play against the Rams at the Rams, and that was Jordan Simmons' like first ever NFL game, and they ran for like 200 yards, and yeah. was just like wow. Jordan Simmons played really good. You go back and look, and it's like, yeah, he played really good. Will Disley's first game, yeah. I know they lost, but it was like, man, we drafted you to block, partner. When you start hurtling folks, <laughs> like, uh, I th- there's someone else too. Akeem King against the Chiefs was like, yo, he just, where did Akeem King come from? How did he just, just body up Travis Kelsey? Like, it was amazing. They they got a few of those performances last year and I mean call that stepping up to the plate nerves get out of there and you're excited for the competition and you want to show your best and that's what those guys did in those in those instances well that's actually we can get out of here on this note unless we got some questions questions I want to get this one last thing on the D-line because I did talk to some D-linemen this year and I liked that their attitude after the the Jay Reed suspension they basically just like look we're going to miss Jay Reed we love Jay Reed we're going to miss Frank we love Frank they played a lot of snaps we're going to play those snaps now, and we're going to ball. These guys are waiting on snaps. That's it. Quentin Jefferson, waiting on snaps. Nas Jones, waiting on snaps. Rasheem Green, waiting on snaps. Jacob Martin. They're like, yeah, we're going to miss those guys. They are great players. They are our brothers. We still in a group chat together. We talk every day. This is what they were saying about, like, Frank. At the same time, they're like, yo, I came to play. I'm going to make some plays. Give me some snaps, and I will play. So, that's the attitude that the, those guys, if, if anyone's wondering how they're looking at it without Jay Reed, who is their leader. I had one, one D lineman told me, it's like, look, Jay Reed is, he was the leader. He is our leader, like currently. We also have other guys who can lead. We've always had that. The last couple years, it's just been Jay Reed and Frank. It's like, but we have other guys who are capable of leading. And you know what? I believe it. Quentin Jefferson, same draft class, you know, same veteran kind of president. I mean, Al Woods is like 30. You know, Earl Mitchell is like 30. Like, they got guys from last year, even Shamar Stephan was, like, 30. Oh, no, he was probably, like, 28, 29. But even two years ago, Sheldon Richardson, 
in a 2013 draft. So he was a veteran dude. They had other guys who could leave. And now we're going to see. Now, that's just lip service right now. It's July. Everything sounds good. Everyone's a leader. Everyone's in great shape. Everyone's optimistic. Uh, every team wants to go 1-0 and every week. All that nonsense. Want to win a Super Bowl. But I do like it starts with up here. You know, I'm pointing to my head. Y'all can't see. But it starts with the mental. You got to believe that, like, there's going to be no drop-off without Jay Reed and Frank. Now, we all know, of course there will be. But they don't think there will be, and that's most important. If Nas don't believe that, and Rasheem don't believe that, and Jacob don't believe that, and Cassius, if they don't believe there's no drop-off and they're going to ball, all right, Godspeed, brother. But, like, I, I had the clip, but it's not that strong audio, plus it's real loud out there. But that's basically the sentiments I got from D-Lineman talking to them after the Jay Reed thing. Because they knew it was coming, right? Jay Reed didn't keep it from them. They all knew. Heck, some, there were some teammates at the party. Pretty sure they are probably D-Lineman. Because they all hang out together. They're brothers. So that's where they're at. And that's probably the most important part, at least right now, about how they can kind of replace Jaron Reed going forward. Well, well put. Let's get to our last segment, which are Twitter questions from you following from the guys on Twitter. We got one from at team underscore Norden. Can you please do a small bit on LJ Collier's training camp thus far? I haven't seen his name come up in any of the reports, which seems suboptimal. Suboptimal is another good word, too. And it's actually accurate, you know. Uh, here's the thing with LJ. I mean, yeah, I haven't written about him much. Uh, someone brought to my attention that like, he hasn't played with the first or second team D-lines. That I wouldn't read a ton into it, but it is worth noting. Because like, even if like they believe other guys are better right now, it's like, man, look at the other dudes. Like... If you took a first round pick, if you took a if you used a first round pick on LJ, that means you really weren't that confident, you know, in the long term prospects of guys like Quentin and Cassius and Brandon Jackson. All those guys are higher on the depth chart right now. And if you used a first round pick on LJ, you would think, at least by camp, maybe not OTAs and mini camp, at least by training camp. Come on, Chris, he should be in the second team, right? Well let's see. He might this is about three and a half weeks of training camp. Mm-hmm. There's still time. He might get into at least the second unit. It's, I mean, yeah, to your point. He's he should dead. start, though, no? His first-round pick. He should start. But we saw with Chris, with, well, not Chris Carson, but Rashad Penny. There were guys ahead of him that were better. And even though he is a first-round pick, he has to groom himself and get better. You know, and that... that the reason I, that's that's a good point. The reason I won't read into it as well is because I know Clint Hurt, the defensive coach, uh, defensive line coach. He don't play that draft status stuff. He don't care if you're the number one overall pick. If I don't like what you put on tape in practice or in games, you do not play. That's, that's fair, and that's his call. Like that's why Nas wasn't active those weeks. Rasheem Green, like uh, whenever Puna wasn't active, it was like if I don't like what you, what I see from you. It don't matter where you was drafted, how much money you make. I will bench. I mean, obviously, he wasn't going to bench like Frank or whatever. But Frank always had good work ethic. Frank always put it out there. In practice, he practiced hard. Jaron Reed practiced hard. Anyway, so that's also why I'm not reading too much into it. Uh, because he hasn't really had a chance to put a lot of film out there. Cassius has. Quentin has. Brandon Jackson has. Ziggy Ansa has. Jacob Martin has. So until, the f- until you put something on tape, like if, he, if it's the third week of the preseason and he hasn't cracked the second or first team... Then I'll be concerned because then he hasn't put it on tape. But right now he has no tape to put it on. So that's why he's in the back of the line. That actually makes sense. Got it. Our next question comes from at Bryce. Oh, his last name. I want to say it's Coots. 
I don't know. You know I'm bad with pronunciations, man. I don't even know how to pronounce Steven or Stefan. But yeah. He wants to know, how is Tedrick looking out there? Uh, here's a, I did mention Tedrick had an interception. Yes. Tedrick actually looks in great shape. And it's, and that's one of the things you look for around here. We were worried about like how Rashad Penny's shape looks. And you know everyone talks about how big DJ Fluker is. And uh, how like we just talked about how DK looks. Like Tedrick looks that part too. The thing is, with with Tedrick, it's not it's about playmaking. I want to see Tedrick make plays, and they can't yet. After we record this, by the time this is out, they can make plays. So we'll see. So I don't want to. It's too early on Tedrick right now because they can't touch him. They can't like. The only time you can really intercept the ball is if it lands in your lap. You can't just like go take it from the DB. You can't go strip the running back really. Or excuse me, the receiver. Thank you. Uh, they can't make plays yet, which is tough because the DBs are all about. Making, making plays, plays. <laughs> like what Ken Norton says, like defense is simple. It's running and hitting. They can't oh, hit. It <laughs> sounds deadly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's car crashes also are running and hitting. And cars running and hits another car. It's, it's running and hitting. Uh, but like they can't do, they can't run and hit. They can only run. So until they can run and hit, which is coming up here real, real soon, then I'll have more on guys like Tedrick or even like LJ. Like you can't really, really, really bull rush Jermaine Defetti right now if you LJ. You know, you gotta wait. They got pads on. When come on, we're gonna, we're gonna learn a lot about everybody. Like our next show, when they got the pads on, oh, I'm gonna have some takes. I'm gonna have some takes. I'm gonna just be. You, you always ask for a hot take. I'm gonna just start the show with one, Ooh, and then drop be, one off in the middle. Thing. Oh yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna come with the heat because it's gonna be our first time in pads. Yeah, first exciting. time in pads since they drafted LJ. You know, first time. It's first. These guys haven't put on pads since like January. So it's gonna be the first time. It's gonna be great. That'd be great. Well, this has been another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. I want to thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. Rate review the pod on iTunes. Mike, what is up, man? Yo, we covered Bobby's bag, training camp, and domestic violence all in one show. That might, be, one of our, that might be our most diverse show. That, that might be. Yeah, no, that's some, that's some good stuff. We're going to get some pushback from some other combos, but that's good. I like the discussion. Just don't yell at me. I don't like. For some reason, I get real offended when people type in all caps. I'd be like, "Why are you yelling?" Stop yelling. I've never. I haven't seen that on my page. I hope it stays that way. Yeah, (laughs) you don't want that. People like. It's like I can hear you yelling at me. It's like, man, you better, you better type quieter. Better. I don't want to hear that. Lowercase. Yeah, man, you better lowercase your tone. I don't want to hear that. Well, we are out. And again, thank you guys for the Twitter questions. We appreciate the love and support. But other than that, anything else you want to add, Mike? No, no, that's it. We'll see you guys later.